Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Melody. I'm your co-host, Jennifer. I'm your co-host, Holly. Today, we'll be interviewing Alyssa Wolf of the Unbusy Mom podcast. But before we get to that, how's everyone been since last time? Well, I'm doing well. We have a big week. Tomorrow is our seventh annual field day. And I it's a homeschool field day for our, our community out here. And I host it and organize it. And it has over, it's about 125 kids every year. Wow. And oh, so I, wow. so yeah, so this week I've been working on, you know, getting everything ready and making sure the volunteers are all lined up and packing up. And it's just, it's exciting. It's like all the kids say it's the best day of the year. So it's a big excitement every year. So that's what I've been busy with. Did you what, say this is your seventh? Seventh year? year. Yeah. Oh, wow. How did that come about? Like, do y'all well, meet at a field or what do you do? Yeah, I actually, I guess eight years ago, I went to the Austin area homeschoolers put on a field day and I took all my kids and they were little and we just, we loved it. And I'm the kind of person that says, hey, that was fun. Let's do it ourselves. So <laughs> uh, we started it up out here where I live the next year and it really just took off. So it's a big one. You know, we've been doing it so long that it's not too difficult to set up every year. We do it out at a place called the Camp of the Hills, which is a camp out here for underprivileged kids that they do like summer camps and outdoor adventure activities and stuff. And they let us use their fields every year. And it's such a fun day. We love it. Well, I might have to get you to teach me how to do one out here because that sounds super fun. Oh, absolutely. I would love to do that. What have you been up to, Holly? Well, I've been extremely busy getting my house in order before the holidays. My son, my middle son moved out a year and two months ago, but his room was still, had still stuff in it. And then I was using it as a dumping ground because I don't have a garage or an attic. Mm-hmm. My youngest daughter was coming into town to spend a couple of weeks with us. And so that was the impetus to get a bunch of stuff done before <laughs> the holidays. And then, you know, I said I was done being a crazy cat lady, but I, I brought a, a, one of the kittens in the house because it was getting cold and it's a little girl kitten. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, two purposes, because I don't want her to have a litter and I want to get her fixed. And I have her mother in the house, but they don't really remember each other. And when her mother saw her, she hissed well. Oh, oh. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to work on seeing if they can can be friends. But because they were both outdoor cats, they're very wary of strangers. Mm-hmm. So when my uh, my middle son came over the other day, he wanted to see what the room looked like. So I said it was cleaned out. And he took a peek in and the poor kitten jumped into the window and she was behind the curtain just going. <laughs> so it's going to take a while for her to really become tame. She knows my son, my youngest son and me because we petted her and fed her outside. She's really mm-hmm. comfortable with us, but anybody else, it's like, I don't even know what you're trying to do to me. So it's going to be a process. Aw, <laughs> poor kitty's going to have a stressful holiday season. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> if, if they can be in their own room. So my other my other cat, I had her in the guest room, but, you know, I had a guest coming. So I've moved her into my office. So right now I have the cat and, of course, Watson, our podcast puppy, they're both in here with me hanging out. So <laughs> hopefully we won't be adding any, you know, I won't have a bird next time or, or <laughs> anything crazy like that. Uh, yeah, so oh, looking man. forward to the holidays. Melody, what about you? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, well, same thing, looking toward the holidays. I totally rearranged my office and went through some of the things that we moved. And you know how it just takes a while after you move to be mm-hmm. able to figure out what can stay and what needs to go. And 
I was really excited to like take a trunk full of things to the Goodwill and uh, the cheerful young man came out and carried it all, took it all away from me. I was really excited about that. <laughs> it's like, I just feel like, you know, when you edit things that aren't serving you anymore and just pass them along so someone else can have them, mm-hmm. it's just a mm-hmm. big weight off your shoulders. So I felt it real is. free and I did that whole big, you know, went around doing that deep clean, getting ready for the holidays. And so, oh yeah, I cleaned windows, washed curtains, took the covers off the furniture and washed all those. I'm feeling like, you oh know, wow, yeah, covers, it was really... covers is on my list, but I haven't done it yet. <laughs> oh yeah. It, you know, those things you think, oh, it's going to be a big deal. And really within a couple of hours they were washed and dried and back on the furniture so I thought to myself why don't I do this more often it doesn't take that long I don't, it just seems like you need that some boost or some prompt mm-hmm. to get a company coming is always company a coming, good thing yeah. we used to joke we're like okay let's invite someone over and then I'll be sure to get down you know, the, <laughs> yeah. like the corners and behind and under things right get the dust but, <laughs> but I am loving the change of the weather and we are looking forward to the holidays Today, we'd like to welcome Alyssa Wolf of the Unbusy Mom podcast to our show. Alyssa, would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? Thank you. So, yes, my name is Alyssa. I am an introvert, God follower, and homeschooling mom of five. And I like to teach other moms how to simplify their homes, create routines that work for them, and uplevel their mindset because I remember what it feels like to have a house full of kids and think that you're always going to be the unpaid maid to your family. <laughs> Right. I was looking on your website, looking over some of your articles and your podcasts, and I thought, I'm not in that season of life right now, but I remember when it was like always everybody go, 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 and having to make some really mindful decisions about what did I want our life to look like and how is it going to make sure I kept my sanity. Yes. (laughs) Alyssa, how many children do you have? You said five, and what are their ages and and what combination of children, boys and girls? I have two girls, then two boys, and then our last as a girl. So I've got an almost 14-year-old, 12-year-old, 9-year-old, almost 6-year-old, and 3-year-old. Oh, okay. That's fun. Super fun. And have you been homeschooling them all the way through? Yes. That's awesome. I'm a homeschooler. You know, I was homeschooled myself, so it was my husband. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's cool. We just did an episode about people, uh, homeschool graduates. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people start homeschooling, they don't know anyone. So was it just a given that you were going to homeschool? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Both of our moms <laughs> would have had something to say to us if he didn't. <laughs> okay, right. I really wanted to homeschool to make sure my kids could have education that followed their personal giftings and get it done in less, you know, way less time when you're schooling at home than in the public school system. Mm-hmm. That's great. I remember when I started homeschooling and I had four children. And I very quickly found out we were expecting a fifth child. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get all this stuff done. And I I kept hoping my husband would come home and help me out. But, you know, he was gone all day long. And then, you know, this this little light bulb said, you have these children and they are capable. And I started working them into, uh, you know, chore rotations and things like that. And you're right, you know, moms can't do it all or you start to just burn out. So where were you in your journey as a homeschooler when you you realized that this was something that people needed um, some guidance on? I think it was after, after I had three kids. I definitely found I needed to get them involved a little bit. And then especially with my fourth and fifth, is when I began to allow myself to think about what if I could help other moms instead of waiting, you know, 17 years till my kids were out of the house. 
Mm -hmm. I think that's a great idea because while you're in the middle of those years, you know what it's like. It's easy. Like here I am. I can forget a little bit how every moment of the day is filled with little ones when they're not here anymore until I had my grandkids come. Then I was like, oh, yeah, all day long, you've got the little helpers. So what kind of things do you start them out with? The ultra basics, you know, take your plate and cup and fork to the dishwasher and put them in and push in your chair and possibly, especially if they're boys, would you like to drive the full laundry basket to the laundry no. room? <laughs> yeah, the phrasing helps, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So I remember when you first contacted us and looking into your, your whole website and listening to some of your podcasts, thinking, wow, I'm not an introverted person, and I would be brain dead at the end of the day and overwhelmed. And so I, I can only imagine it has to be worse for people who need a lot of quiet time. So what are some of your best tips for people in that in that realm? Number one, as soon as possible, get your homeschooled kids working independently. And yes, I know that takes a few grade levels. So kind of stick it out till, you know, like second or third grade and then try to get them working on it. And they come back to you when they need help and for grading. So you are not doing all of the interpersonal teaching time for years upon years. And then number two, embrace rest season in the afternoon or, you know, whenever during the day it makes most sense for you. But I find it's easiest during nap time to sort of repurpose it to everyone gets a break instead of saying, oh, it's nap time. The baby's down. Now I can teach you guys. No, honor your own energy slump and say, okay, I have quiet. Don't come out and bother me. Your you know, little brother is sleeping and <laughs> mom gets a timeout too. Oh, that's brilliant because usually we, we do say, okay, well, the baby's down. Now let's do everything right. we can't do when the baby's awake. Mm -hmm. So right. how do you manage to get everything done then if you take that break? And you're not getting more school done in that break. Do you find you all are more invigorated after the break and you get things done? Or are you finished by that point of the day? Usually we're finished. And then my oldest is like me. She can't work straight through the afternoon. Her brain gets tired of math. She wouldn't be able, she'd like just waste the three hours, you know, staring at her book otherwise. So if right. necessary, then we can come back at four o'clock and restart. But I also many years too late, realized that I could be actually buying teacher keys for algebra. So <laughs> we go through it in the morning now instead of spending all afternoon grading and regrading, working for each problem again because I couldn't remember the answer. So it's pretty much a non-issue now. It, it will get done. Before I think it's great to point out that you learn things along the way and that, you know, even in this topic, you're always learning what works better for your family. And I think it's great for new homeschoolers to hear that. Well, that's so true. And then you can also hand your child the answer key too. sometimes and let them right. check their own work. It's like sounds like you've, Alyssa, you found ways to take some of that busy work out of your out of the equation. And so you have more time for important things. Yes. And then also, since my range of kids is so big, I'm not actually homeschooling five at once yet. So the two high schoolers are fairly self-directed. They're just coming up for, hey, mom, please grade this for me. Mm -hmm. um, the two youngest are really down there in kind of the pre-K-ish, just familiarization. Yeah. And then the middle one needs a little bit more work, but he prefers to be independent. It's just the first time he encounters, you know, adding or subtracting fractions. He'll be like, Mom, what's this? Nobody's ever taught it to me. <laughs> <laughs> then you explain one problem and he's like, okay, I've got it. Go away. <laughs> 
That's wonderful. I noticed that one of the ideas you have is taking baby steps. What does that mean exactly to you? How do you implement baby steps versus sweeping changes? So to me, I was thinking of baby steps in like the habit hacking mode. Instead of saying, oh, I'm going to exercise and I'm going to pray and meditate and journal and I'm going to read to my kids this many hours and I'm going to make homemade muffins, five different varieties. Think about, well, what's the base habit you're wanting? Is it the movement? Is it the more interaction with your kids? Is it hot lunches? And then find a very small thing that falls under that heading, movement. Okay, can I just walk up and down my driveway for 10 minutes? That that counts. It's Mm -hmm. so much easier to work yourself up to, oh, but it's just this, than to say, to make it count, I have to go to the gym for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) So thinking of baby steps Uh, all over your life. I think that's so important because when we want to make some changes, we do often think of all the big things and don't think to break it down into a a small step and start there. Mm -hmm. That's an excellent idea. Yeah, I like that. I remember when I started working out, I could only like run on the treadmill for 30 seconds. And instead of saying, well, forget it. I mean, it was pretty discouraging. But you know, then I was like, well, I did 30 seconds. Can I do 45 seconds the next day? So yeah, I think we just, we don't appreciate how much a small step can get us to our goal. Yeah, it's more important to have the mentality. No, no, I run on the treadmill than sometimes I run for 15 minutes. Right. (laughs) Do you recommend that people, like if they have those goals, write them down or keep track in some way or? Only if you need to. Like if it really helps you, by all means, go ahead. And if it's if it's something you need to refer back to, like in your planner, because you're trying to implement a lot of these baby steps at once, then sure, by all means. If not, though, you could just have it in your mind. The next time I am sick of breaking up the sibling fights, I will remind myself to do something different. And that could be getting up and walking or doing a few stretches, like see where it fits into your day. And then maybe you don't have to write it down. You can just remember, oh, it's time for this and then just do it. Fit it in those little nooks and crannies throughout the day. Yep. I'd really like to talk more about how we can help the introverted parents out there. So I myself am also pretty extroverted and I've always led a lot of social groups and, you know, activities going on in our homeschool co-ops and things like that. But I have a lot of friends that are more introverted and I've heard over the years a lot of problems with making friends for themselves and their kids. And I know that we often talk about like there are social activities for homeschoolers, but you have to engage in them to make it happen. So do you have advice for more introverted people? on how to engage themselves, how to make friends for themselves and their children? Yeah, I don't have very many strongly introverted children, so they haven't had too much in the way of difficulty making friends. They hang out in like in their Sunday school groups or something, and they always gravitate towards a couple people. So their problem is usually I don't want to take them to as many activities as they would like <laughs> to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So on my end, it was making the switch to say, all right, like going to church, this is my social outlet for the week. So whenever I run across another mom who looks kind of familiar, I should smile, say hello, ask if she's got a son in my kid's class or something like that. And that way, try to build up a little acquaintance list. If you mm-hmm. start running into the same people week after week, you can get into a conversation and then you pretty quickly find out, is this just a, a friendly acquaintance, someone that's nice to be able to say hi to and you know their face? Or is this someone that you just feel you could spend hours talking to. And if you're an introvert, there probably won't be very many of those people you feel that instant deep connection with. Mm -hmm. So 
it's more about putting yourself in a position to meet enough of those people, but it doesn't have to be this big, okay, you've got to go to 10 different clubs this month. Just find the ones that you have that I could talk to you for hours and then invite that lady and her family over for lunch or try to go to, to the park, whatever it is. That's really good advice because I have an only child right now after having a, a group of five kids. We do a lot of activities because it's really different to homeschool an only child. So a lot of times, because I'm an extrovert, when I see somebody kind of standing off from the group of a parent, I'll go up and say, oh, hi, you know, are you new to this group, mm -hmm. whatever. And one day an introverted lady, she said, you know, we introverts count on you extroverts to come say hello. And I thought, oh, <laughs> I feel like, you know, sometimes I might be, you know, getting in their space or they might be, you know, trying to have a quiet think about something, you know, but that reassured me. Do you feel like that, Alyssa, that you're glad oh, yes. when people come up? Okay. Oh, yes. good. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> sometimes for me, the introverted part comes in with recharging. Like I am fine in a group. I love meeting new people and I'm all and the one that goes up and talks to the people. But when everything is over and we're going back, I'm exhausted. <laughs> this, mm -hmm. That's the, that's where I find, okay, I've got to find, I have to recharge with some quiet. And so sometimes it was hard to find that quiet because I had a house full of seven kids. But like you were saying earlier, I just carved out some moments when everybody had some quiet time. I had some too. So I could recharge with that. In other situations, like with my kids, most of them are, pretty outgoing, but I have a couple that are really quiet. And do you have ideas for encouraging your more introverted children to, I guess, just learn how to go out and meet new people? Well, our ambiverts are pretty happy with go do this a couple times a week. And then you can, especially if they have a sibling who's the right age to go with them. And then it's not as scary for them versus the right. extroverts. Like, oh, great. <laughs> a new place. Go, 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 right? Yeah. And then like my strongly introverted son, we'll take him along with us to small groups or whatnot. And then what we figure is if he's not comfortable playing with people, that's fine. You know, you can come sit with mommy and daddy. And then eventually he might get off the sofa and go play. But he's also so young that some of this might be a age and maturity issue. Right. You know, I don't know that five and six year olds really care about friends that much yet. <laughs> and he certainly gets enough interaction at home with all of his siblings. I think what you said about scheduling things a couple of times a week or just repeating what you're doing and having a schedule that the kids know about. So like we go to park day on Thursdays. And so I think if the kids know this is happening each week and you're consistent about it, I feel like that's pretty helpful for people. And I, I definitely have encouraged people who are more nervous about going to those kind of social gatherings to just keep it up, you know, just keep going. It's not going to happen. You're not going to make, you know, your best friends the first day you're there. The kids might not, some of them might, um, but just keep going and keep going and try to make it regular. Yeah. One of the things I really jumped out at me and I'm like this myself, I don't want people in my face right away in the morning. Like I like to wake up, have my time. I like to pray and think about the day. And so what are some of your techniques that you would recommend to people for getting a good start to their day. So you start off on the wrong foot, it's hard to get your day back. Yes. Unfortunately, it seems to come back to that time honored, be up before your kids or else have a policy <laughs> that when they wake up, they're not allowed to come out of their rooms until such and such a time. Uh, <laughs> so that you can at least have the illusion that the kitchen is yours. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, gosh, that's what I did, too. It's like I wanted to be I wanted to, the children to join my day. It's not a mm -hmm. good day when you open your eyes and there's a little face right there. <laughs> staring at you. Uh, I know some of my friends like to get up and have devotions or something like that before the kids. But I had a 
kids that got up so early, it didn't really work for me. Do you have ideas for catching those moments throughout the day? If you can send them outside, oh, maybe they need a break. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then perhaps at least if your kids are anything like mine, you send them out for a quote unquote 20 minute math break that turns into an hour. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So anticipate that ahead of time. Be like, okay, don't do housework. Just sit down. They'll probably, probably have 40 minutes or 50 minutes before they remember that they're supposed to be doing something else and come back in. <laughs> I used to tell my kids if they came in, I, they would have to do chores. <laughs> so they didn't want to come in during that time. And I would have to make myself, you know, make a cup of tea and read something. Because the temptation when you have so many children, and we all on this call have a lot of kids, yes, um, is to just... Just like make every moment count, but then you feel like a hamster on a wheel. Exactly. Yeah, I think it took me a while to learn that it was okay to just sit down and actually go outside with them and sit there and just watch them play and not try to run around and get chores done without my helpers. Because there's some things you didn't want them to help you with. It made a bigger mess, but it was a little bit of a journey to learn. Moms need a break too. So Alyssa, how long have you had your podcast and how have you learned to incorporate a business into life as a mom of a large family and a homeschooling mom? It's been two and a half years. And I had to really up the amount of delegation and the kids involved in the chores and then get very strategic on what is homeschooling time versus business time versus do all the housekeeping chores time. So instead of just kind of flowing from one thing to another whenever I felt like it, I needed to start actually telling the older kids, please turn your work in you know, by 11 o'clock so I can grade it before lunch so that I can get it back to you before one o'clock because I'm not doing any more grading and be working on the business during quiet time, that sort of a thing. That's good advice. I'm self-employed as a virtual assistant and I also um, am a writer and homeschool my child. And sometimes I find like it's really hard to have sharp separations of what times we're doing things, especially if someone has like an urgent thing, you know, and somebody needs to place an order, they need an overnight order, then I have to stop homeschooling and run into my office. And yeah, it it makes it really challenging to feel like you've ever completed anything when you're doing the same things in and out all day long. So you have a coaching component to your business as well, don't you? Yes, I do. How does that work? Once a week, I jump on a call with people and then I just answer whatever questions have come up because they all have access to the course and then the Mom Life Made Easy course, and then they're going through that at their own pace. And then, you know, it's like when you read a book, you're like, well, that was really great. And that was really useful. But I have this specific situation, how, and I don't know how she would address it. Mm-hmm. So that's their opportunity to say, yes, but Alyssa, I don't see how to be unbusy. You don't understand what my husband's schedule is. My kid is doing this, you know, that kind of a thing. Tell us a little bit about your course. Well, I created Mom Life Made Easy for the introverted work from home mom because, or, you know, homeschoolers, things like that. You're dealing with several kids. You're dealing with multiple activities and commitments because you're not just responsible for the kid's education. You're still a person. You still have, you know, your hobbies and all that, your need for a break, and you're still responsible for keeping up the house and the cooking and whatnot. So it's enough to frazzle any mom, let alone an introverted mom. So I wanted to give other moms the foundation of how do you be productive? How do you plan your day? How do you outsource to your family? If you don't have the money to hire a housekeeper, I've never done that, then what does that regular, the ordinary mom do? What about getting breaks for yourself? How do you know when you should push through, when you should quit and, and you know, just give yourself grace and throw away the rest of the to-do list? That kind of thing. Basically, I want to make mom life easy because I feel like it is and I have five kids. 
Right. You've got that. a good plan. I love to throw away the rest of the to-do list. It's like, yes, <laughs> know what to keep and know what to toss. <laughs> so Alyssa, um, a lot of times when we're interviewing people, we ask them, like, what do you do for fun? Or what are some things about you that would be interesting and unexpected? And so what do you like to do for fun? I love to read. I particularly like the books by Georgette Heyer, H-E-Y-E-R. They're Regency era romances. So like Jane Austen, but the reading level is more modern, I would say. Mm -hmm. So if you like Jane Austen, you don't think she wrote enough books, then I would try (laughs) this lady. I'm I'm intrigued. Yes, I love Jane Austen, and I don't think she wrote enough books. Exactly. (laughs) This lady wrote, you know, like 20 or something. Oh, wow. (laughs) Perfect. I think in our emails, you talked about you wanted to offer something to our listeners. Yes, I was wanted to give their listeners the calendar sanity checklist. So you can look at your planner, look at your calendar and go through this little checklist and find out should it stay on there or is it too much? Is it part of that? I need to throw away the to-do list stuff. That way you're going to get some instant clarity for your day. Oh, I definitely need that. I'm trying to, <laughs> I love that I'm trying to uncomplicate my life. I've been telling everybody that I am working at uncomplicating my life. So I, I'm so glad you're here today Alicia, with, that, <laughs> with that great offer. So how do we get a hold of that offer? So I have a link for you guys. It's probably easier to email because it's a gobbledygook number, which we'll send to the hosts. Or put it in the show notes. Yes, that's probably best for show notes. Oh, I already like it. Colossal motivator. (laughs) Words that are very exciting. (laughs) That's awesome. I think that's going to be so helpful to especially new homeschoolers. They're always trying to do way too much. So I think having a checklist was a great idea. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. I agree. Uncomplicating the lives of homeschooling moms is a big thing and very worthwhile to do. Well, thank you for joining us today, Alyssa. How can people find you and your podcast online? You can find me at yourunbusylife.com, and I'll have a new podcast episode every Tuesday for you. There's a podcast tab. You can read it. You can listen to it. You can watch it, whichever way you prefer. Or just search the Unbusy Mom podcast in your preferred podcast app. Well, thank you so much, Alyssa. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you, Alyssa. We appreciate your time. You're welcome. It's so much fun talking to other homeschoolers. We're going to take a short break to hear a word from our sponsor. And when we return, we'll discuss what Alyssa had to say. Longtime listeners of our podcast know all about Transcript Maker, the online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts from the comfort of your own home. And it's really one of the best tools a homeschooling mom or dad can have. The day has finally come. Black Friday is here, Christmas is around the corner, and for parents, things are only getting busier. Between holiday plans and keeping up with schooling, every little thing that can save your time is well worth it. Transcript Maker really is a time saver. It's easy to use. You can access your transcript anytime and anywhere, and it calculates your GPA for you. And if you have any trouble, they have a helpline to solve whatever your issue, quick as they can. Transcript Maker is also a money saver. Transcript Maker's Black Friday sale is going on right now. You can save 30% with the code BLACKFRIDAY22 in all caps. Transcript Maker is a time saver, it's a money saver, it's a worry saver. It really is. So go to www.transcriptmaker.com today. Take advantage of their Black Friday sale, 30% off your subscription with the code BLACKFRIDAY22 in all caps. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. 
Welcome back to the podcast. That was a great interview with Alyssa Wolf. What did y'all think about what she had to say? I really love that she took a situation in her own life, feeling overwhelmed, having so much to do, and solved her problems, but she didn't stop there. She decided to share her ideas with other people to make their lives better. I thought that was great, too. I I just there are so many resources for homeschooling families now, and I love it. And I love each time we talk about one, it's something new and different that we haven't seen before. And so I really appreciate that, like you said, that she took that step to go out there and do that, especially since she's introverted. Like you have to put yourself out there. Right. But I love that she's found a way. She's got a course and then she's put her, you know, a classic with a weekly call and she's Mm -hmm. actually helping people one on one in that way. And that is really cool. Yeah, that's great. I was really, for myself, especially interested in what she has to say about introverts because, you know, I just, it's not something I personally relate to. And I don't think it's something we've really talked about much before on the podcast. So getting a little peek into, you know, what might be more helpful for homeschool parents who are introverts is interesting to me. I agree because, you know, you can get overwhelmed just as a parent, no matter what. But if you have throw introvert into the mix, you get overwhelmed a lot faster, it would seem. Do you find that to be the case, Melody? Probably. Um, just because usually when I would talk to new homeschool moms and we would talk about being an introvert versus being an extrovert, for me, it was like the recharge. My extroverted children and friends get charged up or recharged being around people where I need to mm-hmm. have some quiet time to myself. I spend all that energy and I love being around people and I feel very energetic then, but it hits me later on and I feel really tired. So I need some yeah. quiet to just to sit and think some thoughts. <laughs> it's like just to think or just to some quiet time. So it was a little challenging to find that. I just had to find ways to build it in with all the kids all around all the time. <laughs> so yeah. I like that Alyssa has, you know, made a program or has some help, especially the points about mindfulness and simplifying uh-huh. and taking things in small steps, which was always the key. If I had a big project, I would have to sit and think about like, what is some small step I can make and break it down? And I loved what she said about, you know, recognizing that you've done this small thing. And it's all about how mm-hmm. you look at that. What is your mindset? So I really appreciated that. And I have enjoyed her podcast too, because they're little bite-sized pieces. Anybody has time to yeah, listen that's great. to two or three or five minutes. And so on a drive, I can listen to several at a time. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I did appreciate that about uh, her podcast when I went to it as well. At first, I was so surprised. I thought, oh, that's it? And then I thought, well, that's so <laughs> clever. Very uh, condensed and concise. Right. Straight to the point. Mm-hmm. I'm also going to have to go and look up Georgette Hire and find some books. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. I've not heard of her before. I, I Honestly, I haven't heard of that type of book before. I like the idea of going into, you know, those olden days. It all seems yeah. so elegant. But then when you think about it in real life, like when we had no... Um, electricity last year during the snowpocalypse. <laughs> it wasn't so romantic. No, not so romantic. No water. Mm, not, not as romantic at all. But the books will be a great escape. <laughs> well, I am right now, actually, I pulled up the, I got the calendar that she shared with us and I pulled up the link and I think this is a great resource. It gives you a 
kind of a checklist for what to look at when you're looking at your calendar. And it has you ask questions like what's quittable and what's deletable. And it gives you some tips on how to decide what you can delete or quit on your own calendar. And I think a lot of people need help with that. And especially going into the holiday season or especially for new homeschoolers. Yeah, it absolutely is. And she gives you some like a checklist of questions to ask about each thing on your calendar to help you figure out if you need to keep it or not. So I think that's a great resource. I love that idea. That's absolutely brilliant because I keep double booking myself. (laughs) (laughs) I I need help with the calendar. (laughs) I just did that this last week because I didn't have... Excuse me, Holly's always saying to use the technology available to you. And I scheduled something in person somewhere. And then when I got home and looked at my paper calendar, I was like, whoops, I had to call back and reschedule. There wasn't anything available. So now I won't be back till January. But that's one of those things, keeping track of everything. It's easy to double book. I have so many friends that get stressed out by calendars that they just don't do it. And they use me as their calendar. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> So I, I might pass along these tips. Give that responsibility <laughs> back to your friends. My calendar is like a de-stressing tool because it's all out there and I know what's going on. Yeah, so I, I agree. I like calendars. I like stress. schedules. <laughs> well, I yeah. hope that everybody's going to, you know, give Alyssa a peek at her um, website and give her a listen because I think she has a lot to offer. Oh, I agree. Here at the end of our podcast, we usually like to answer a big question we're seeing in our homeschooling groups. Jennifer, what's our big question for today? Well, today's big question is inspired by the plethora of curriculum that we're seeing sold and traded this time of the year. Lots of posts going around selling curriculum. Uh, And we're seeing a lot of people who are feeling overwhelmed by all those choices out there. So today's question is, how do you choose the right curriculum and how do you avoid choosing the wrong one? Very good question. You know, when I started out, my biggest uh, determiner was how much it was going to cost. So, you know, you can you can have like a list, right? Cost, uh, the amount of time it takes to use it, those kind of things. And then it can help you narrow it down. Narrow it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Is it black and white versus color? If it's does it have manipulatives or yeah, not? Do you need digital? Do you need paper? Yeah. And does it require a lot of teacher prep? If you don't have time for that, chuck that choice right. right out the door. Right. I think a lot of what you need to do is sit down and write out what you want or what you think you want, right? So right. if you're like, uh-huh. I need something that's ready to go. I need it not to be too expensive. I need it to be not consumable because I have more kids coming. Have that information. And then when you're evaluating if it doesn't meet your criteria, then don't consider that curriculum. Right. That'll right. really help you narrow it down. But mm-hmm. then even after that, you're sometimes left with a lot of choices. So, Well, I think back in the day when there? we didn't have so many choices, it was a lot easier. But <laughs> Pandora's box has been open now. So. Yeah. <laughs> so many things. And then the other part of that is you don't have to really worry too, too much, especially in the early elementary years. Most of those Everything covers the basics, right? Mm-hmm. And you're not going to break your child using something that you don't no. like, and then you can try something else. But like all the basic things, learning to read, there are some different approaches to learning to read. So you would want to figure out what you like and what you don't. But when it comes to basic math facts, you know, facts are facts. And so some of that is just look at the way it's presented. Do you like it? If you hate the way it looks, just walk by and go find something else. Find right. something that looks appealing. Something that you're comfortable with, and then you just jump in and go. But overall, I would say everything is going to be pretty good. Yeah. And then also be open to just 
ditching it if it doesn't work for you, which is why I didn't spend a lot of money at the beginning either, because I wanted right. to be able to set it aside if it didn't work. You know, like you might like the way something looked, but your child might not like it after they start. So yeah, those things come up and you need to be kind of prepared for there to be possible changes coming. Yeah, that's why I agree with you about not spending a lot of money out of the gate. And if you find something you like, say you're really excited about, you know, Matthew C or Singapore, chances are somebody has it and they're selling it for less than retail because it didn't make their family happy. Right. So you can get it below retail, which is my favorite two words. I like to get things below retail. Uh, But if you don't have to pay the full price and it doesn't end up being a fit for you, it's not as hard to swallow. And you can resell it. Yes, yes, you can. And it's a good idea to ask people when, like if I've seen questions in different groups where people are asking for recommendations, ask people why they like it, like for some specific things. What Mm -hmm. did you like about it? How was it easy to check? Was it easy Mm -hmm. to understand the, I don't know, the teacher's guide and the answers or Mm -hmm. try to get a little bit more than just, oh, yeah, we love it. Find out why. Why did they love Mm -hmm. it? Because I have a good friend and it thinks that she loved never worked for us because we had some kind of loosey goosey things which were perfect for us. But she's way more rigid than we were. And so Mm -hmm. she knew not to choose that thing that we loved. And so like try to find out what's making their decision one way or the other. You can even reach out in your local homeschool communities online and your groups and stuff and ask about borrowing things from people mm-hmm. to try it out. Trying something out is a great idea. We used to have things called curriculum petting zoos at Park Days a long time ago. I don't know if oh, anybody oh, knows yeah. that anymore. Yeah, we used to have <laughs> a, 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 a curriculum look. We yeah. would yes. also bring stuff and we'd talk about right. it, why we liked it, and then people could look at it. And then when that helped us be ready yeah. for the um, book yeah. fairs. And I, I haven't think seen any of those, those in a while, back. but those were, yeah. those were very helpful. I think maybe as there's been more choices, there's more online stuff and not as much book-oriented stuff that people stop doing that. But it, I think that could still happen. It would be a great way to yeah. share things with each other. We can do retro events for homeschoolers. Right. We've been doing it for a lot. Right? Like, let's have a, look, a book look. Let's yeah. have a book I like petting zoo. That's a real fun. Yeah, I like that name. Yeah. So I I think the best uh, advice is, you know, just write down what you want. And that way, when you're looking at the different curricula, if it doesn't fit your criteria, you can just throw that idea out and Mm -hmm. and streamline your time. Because it does, it is, I can't even, I'll tell you, even buying shampoo gets overwhelming now. There's just so (laughs) many choices. I think that list, making that list will also help you when you're asking people questions. You know, Mm -hmm. we see in our groups online, we see people saying like, what math curriculum should I use? But that's so broad and it doesn't, you're not going to get good answers with that type of question. So if you've already made a list of the things that are important to you, that'll really help you when you're asking for advice also. Yeah. And it saves people time from having to interrogate you so much. I see people (laughs) throw something up in a, in a homeschool chat and then I'll be like, well, how old are your kids? And how much time do you have to homeschool them? Like you Mm -hmm. give Mm -hmm. more information when you're asking people's input is way better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good luck in the curriculum search if you're in this (laughs) boat. (laughs) Before we go today, we want to leave you with a few reminders. Don't forget about Transcript Maker's Black Friday sale. Go to www.transcriptmaker.com and use the code BLACKFRIDAY22 for 30% off the cost of your subscription. That's BLACKFRIDAY22 in all caps. If you'd like to reach us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Happy Homeschool Pod. You can reach us through email at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. Next time, we'll be discussing self-care during the holidays for homeschooling parents. 
Thank you for listening today. I'm Melody. I'm Jennifer. I'm Holly. Happy homeschooling! Hi, this is your host, Melody Gillum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Jennifer Jones and Holly williams Erbach. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us. Sometimes I think we had it easier back in the day when we didn't have as many choices. You should totally okay, say that. Okay, you say that, but then all of our kids hated Saxon. <laughs> <laughs>